25 days to opening day. 25, and then we get real players on the field. <laughs> There's real players playing sometimes. You know exactly what I mean by that. You know what? You know what I'm thinking about? And this is not really pertinent to what we were planning on talking about, but I feel like I need to get it off my chest. Hmm. So I'm a Diamondbacks fan. Through and through, I'm from Arizona. I don't miss games. But I love the game of baseball. That being said, <laughs> the game of baseball would be better off without Joe Buck in it. Joe Buck? I hate Joe Buck so much. I hate his stupid voice. I hate the fact that he gets to be on all the things. I just, uh, I hate it. You're talking Fox broadcaster Joe Buck. Yes. I seriously, it bugs the crap out of me that for me to relive the most glorious moment in my favorite sports team's franchise history, I have to listen to Joe Buck's voice is a really bittersweet moment for me. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what, though? I I just like when we get back to the regular season because we get back to like the regular season announcers. Bro, bro. Some of those announcers suck booty cheeks. In spring training or? No, all the time. You ever listen to a, ah, shoot, who is it? What team? Well, first of all, the Yankees broadcasters, gross. (laughs) Um, Them, I seriously hate the Marlins. I don't know why. It's hard to watch. Everything about the Marlins, like they're, stupid ugly field and they're broadcasters and i just ugh. you know what I, wish, I just wish everyone could be greg schulte that's all I, so that's my i know word. i know with the red sox a lot of people love don orcio so they're kind of sad he does for the padres now but i love dave o'brien i do i think he's great i love when dennis eckersley's on i go back and forth on jerry remy he has really good nights and some nights it's like okay let dave talk <laughs> Please shut up. <laughs> okay. So spring training kind of rolling through. Um, we're looking at a few injuries here before we – we're kind of want to talk about some potential call-ups to today, but let's let's just even look at this. Um, well, I think if I can, I we wanted to – we were talking about what we could talk about this week, and we kind of felt that not everyone in the whole world – um knows how to watch spring training you know what i'm saying because like we get to like the detroit tigers beat the yankees 10 to 4 today and it's tempting to think oh my gosh yeah the marlins were 6 and 0 for a little bit right so it's not everyone fully understands like what to look for what to don't and so we decided that you know we take a crack at trying to explain spring training because we love it. We love to see the, you know, the individual position battles. We love to watch, you know, these prospects that we hear about all the time, watch to let them play against, you know, some higher caliber talent. But I think more than anything, we just kind of wanted to give a lowdown of like what we watch for when we watch spring training. Cause we like it, but not everyone understands fully how to appreciate it. I think one of the things that a lot of people aren't catching too is spring training training is the time for risky moves. Like if you have an opportunity to steal a base, you go for it. You know what I mean? You practice through all the things you wouldn't want to risk in regular season to test your limits to their fullest. 
It's 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 interesting to watch because you'll see a lot of players do things you would never see them do in the regular season, you know, chase a ball down hard, steal on extra bases, maybe swing for pitches they don't normally swing at. It's a weird you know, time. You know what's kind of crazy about that though? Is that at the same time, there's a lot of like fear of injury because like you don't want to get hurt, right? Because then you're out for the actual season. That Especially happens in a to, game that doesn't matter. Yeah. Steven Souza, I was at a game and he laid out for this ball and tore his peck and didn't get to play half the season. But on your note of uh, players doing things that they wouldn't normally do, favorite stories of all time is of Zach Greinke when he was on the Royals. And Kansas City Zach Greinke is different than any Zach Greinke we've seen to date. He used to be like a flamethrower, you know, up, up to mid-90s, like – that was he was good. He's kind of evolved since then, but he was talking to someone. I think it was a pitching coach, and the pitching coach was essentially telling these guys that saying, "Hey, velocity doesn't matter. Uh, we're all about location. If you can hit your spots, it won't matter." And Zach Greinke's like, "Well, we do need a little bit of velocity." Guy's like, "Nope, as long as you hit your spots." So Zach Greinke walked out there and just threw eighty-five mile an hour fastballs and hit all his spots and got dinged up for like nine runs. And then walked off and went to the pitching. He goes, he's like, looks like velocity matters just a little bit. And then left. <laughs> like, I, okay. What? I love Zach Greinke. I love him. I, did you see this article that Zach Greinke found out that he didn't have to report to camp to the last day? I think we mentioned this an episode ago. <laughs> he's just like, oh, you mean like I don't have to show up till the mandatory date and I've been showing up early all of these years? Seriously, he's played for like how many years now? Oh he's, not, he's not the youngest guy in the league. I mean, he's not the oldest, but he's been around a few years. Crazy. I actually saw on uh, Twitter, actually, that uh, he was throwing against, uh, I think it was the White Sox, and dude threw a 48-mile-an-hour curveball. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. It's an EFIS. EFIS is. are like 65. This is a 48, EFIS is like hella slow. That's all it really takes, isn't it? I don't know. Forty-eight miles an hour just blows my mind. But yeah, at that point, it's not even cur- it's not even curving because of the spin. It's just it's gravity just dropping. It's just dropping because it has no forward momentum. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen a rookie of the year? Uh huh. No, it's a classic baseball movie. You got to watch it. But he like slips and falls and like breaks his shoulder so he can throw super hard. Like this dude hits a home run. Is he, he's, he's a Cubs fan. He's in the bleachers at Wrigley catches the ball they're like throw it back throw it back dude throws it <laughs> throws the home run back and it's like a z- like from the stands to home plate and like gets the guy out and you're like wait what but he has like this mad arm so then he goes and he gets signed by the i think it was the cubs he plays and plays and plays and then he slips and falls and he re-breaks his arm so now he can't throw hard anymore and he has to throw like underhand like old man softball kind and he's like an actual pitch like underhand <laughs> delivery yeah, and strikes the strikes out the best hitter in the league and wins the championship. Like it's a beautiful it's a beautiful movie, but kind of like that. <laughs> oh, that being said, spring is a beautiful time, um, and we talk about you know not wanting to get injured. We talk about position battles, and we're going to talk about all of those. We wanted to just kind of highlight some key injuries that we were thinking about or looking at before we go into the season. Yeah, the first one that we're looking at is Freddie Freeman, who is a pretty key component for his team. I mean, understatement of the year right there, Kip. Good job. I mean, who who else is a good support there? I mean, there's there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of key components here, but 
I mean, that's Ronald Acuna, that's Ozzy Albies, but right, right, but but there's not a lot of depth there. I mean, they have a great farm system, so their team they're going to have a lot coming in the future, but their farm system isn't fully ready to employ yet. Yeah, no, I got you. For me, like the Freddie Freeman thing, I I read an article the other day that was talking about how he was literally taking painkillers before every single game last year. Like, and he's like, I couldn't take him too close to the game, otherwise I'd pass out. Like, that's terrifying. You know, Freddie Freeman's like the guy. He's he's been with them before Acuna, before Albies, before any of those guys. He's just been a rock. So for me, I I'd be sweating a little bit if I was a Braves fan. But you know, spring is the time to work it out. They're the ones to try to figure out where they're at and where they're going. One without Donaldson there, they do need a little bit of support in that rotation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, actually, I think we're going to touch on that later. I think Camargo is going to get that spot at third base with Donaldson being yeah. But I mean, it's it's between him or uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Okay, so you you've put a note of a few people you wanted to put here together. So Chris Sale is not an injury necessarily. Is it, is it an no? Illness? What is it? It's it's pneumonia. He he's today, got he's he? got the walking flu. Like wait, he has pneumonia? Yeah. Good lord. It's not like it's not like his his elbow's still gone. He's just he's he's what was it that they were saying the other day? He's sick, but he's healthy. Right? Like No, it, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> when you're talking about I don't either. It, this is um who is it? Chris Catillo was the one who wrote the article. Okay. Um but by sick and healthy. When we talk about a baseball player being healthy, we mean is their body in playing function by way of like muscular injuries and or broken ligaments or bones. We don't really talk about like do they have a cold or not. So yeah, then you're just listed as illness. His arm his arm did well with the um with the shots he got last year, so he doesn't need t- uh Tommy John. So he's just like He's just, I don't know, throwing up or something. Not ready to, ready to go. You got a fly in your room? Yeah, dude. Give me a second. <laughs> I got two big-ass no. ones. So, yeah. So, Cell is injured. And then we've got Alex Verdugo, who just came over to the Red Sox in a trade for Mookie Betts, which is a little frustrating if you're the Red Sox because you just gave up Mookie Betts and David Price for two other prospects who have been decent. But, like... The guy's not even healthy enough to play yet, and he was been injured through the last season. I understand like, where you're coming from, but I mean, he's not much younger than Mookie, so don't give me some shit about team control or something like that. Like, <laughs> he is injured. He's only two years younger, right? So if he's not healthy within the next season, they're losing a year of him already. I mean, yeah, you can say that the Red Sox are classic for this since they've been paying Pablo Sandoval and. Dustin Pedroia, but yeah, Dustin Pedroia is still listed on their injury report. I decided to not include him (laughs) to, you know, be nice. Keep my fumes down. (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those things. Who knows? Like Verdugo, I mean, like you said, it's one of those things that like for MLB teams, they, they put people on their injury reports. They do all these things and they're purposely, purposefully like not super specific, you know? Yeah. All these guys I put on this list, I was doing a little bit of research on it, and all these guys are listed as questionable for the beginning of the season. Like, they're going to play, but who knows if they'll be ready opening day. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, I'm seeing a name low on the list that I know is not playing a single game this season. Are we talking about Seve? Yeah, we're talking about Seve. <laughs> you don't get Tommy John and just like step in mid-July. Well, I understand. Okay, I, I understand. I okay. So, so New York Yankees in pitcher. particular, I was just the list was so long. Still, <laughs> exactly. Still, it's like they spent all of last season depending. It was like the Scranton Rail Riders leading them to almost take the Astros in for a World Series berth. Like, you got to imagine the Astros didn't beat the full Yankees <laughs> cheating. They beat practically the Scranton Rail Riders. I. I know, <laughs> but you look at those guys. I mean, look, like, look at who was not hurt, right? Who's your guys? You got DJ LeMayhew, who like won the AL batting title last year. They don't have Didi anymore. Who's gonna even gonna play shortstop for the Yankees? Is Didi still there? I could have swore he left. I, uh, I don't know. Like, and then their outfield, right? Stanton's hurt. Judge, you told me later is hurt. Didi's with the Phillies. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. And so, so, like, who's gonna play short for them? Like, is Torres gonna slide over? Can he do that? Can Urshela play short? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these like questions and concerns. It also doesn't help when two fifths of your rotation is hurt as well. That being James Paxton and Luis Severino, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Well, you don't think Zach Britton's going to come in and just dominate in the starting position? I have no idea, dude. You know, <laughs> honestly, for the amount of money they're paying their bullpen, I would almost just pull a raise, and just have openers do it all the time. Just like, hey, Adovino, can you they're just gonna run have to. a couple times? I don't. I think they're not analytically sold enough yet before they do that. Is it you that told me you hate the opener? I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I also don't like super mind it. Like it's I'm not like I don't look at it and it pisses me off, but I had a conversation with somebody the other day that was like hates the opener. So just for reference, the opener is your starter is somebody who can handle like five to seven innings if they're what they should be. So normally what you do is you start with your starter, they go seven innings, bullpen comes in for a few. Depending on how the game goes, you might pull a closer at the end. Right? You want to get about two and a half way through through the order. Yeah, yeah. Do the order twice. And Opener goes through the order once, maybe twice, couple innings, in and out. And then you bring your starter, and once everybody's kind of gone through, Yankees have refused to use an opener. Like, straight up held off as much as they can. They're an old school team. They don't have a mascot. They don't put your names on the jersey. Like, they are as old school as you can hold to be. And yet, they're still a 103-win team. I don't. But they haven't, they haven't been to a World Series in the last decade. I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but I also know a lot of teams that haven't been to World Series ever. <laughs> so as much as that's comforting, uh, it's still, it's still a they're, they're a good team, though. And they did get robbed of a berth last year. You know, that's... That's still out for debate, regardless. Huh? Undeniable. But they're the evil empire, so what are you going to do about it? Okay, so there's also issues with Giancarlo Stanton, who is having... Is it is it in his 
I think it's leg or is it his bicep? Dude, I don't know. It surprised me if it was freaking his bicep. Those things are freaking massive, dude. That doesn't say anything. So he's been pretty frustrated about it too because he has been taking such rigid care of his body and it just fails him over and over. I bet he doesn't stretch enough. <laughs> he's not doing the Verlander, man. He has a grade one calf strain. Calf, right. It was somewhere in the leg. And so we've got him there. And then Judge now is having chest tightness. And they're not sure whether or not he's going to be ready for opening day or not. But they're starting to slow down with using him. But the Yankees, I I honestly, oh, this is so painful to say. Aaron Boone deserved manager of the year last year for handling <laughs> all of the injury what? that he had to manage and still making it to the um, to challenge the Astros for the pennant. Dude, I don't know. Who won it? I think it was the Twins manager, right? Rocco Bordelli. Come on, and man. You know that guy freaking, to argue he, that they, they had, crushed it. He took a very subpar pitching rotation and made them good. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And they freaking... There's no all-star pitchers there. It, not for sure. Uh, like Shane, Most uh, definitely. What's his name? There's one. Oh, shit. Hey, there's one all-star pitcher on that team. <laughs> there's always like you've always got your ace, but no, no, like... he was good. He was really good. Oh man, this doesn't help my point at all. What Odorizzi? Yes, Jake Odorizzi. That's the one. But was like even at that, he's not even there anymore, is he? Yeah, he is. Pretty sure. Well, that was the kind of thing. <laughs> He is. He still tops out of the rotation. You know, the Twins brought in Rich Hill and I believe Kenta Maeda. Rich Hill, like Jose Barrios, Homer Bailey, Trevor May, Sergio Romo. Like you're pitching. It wasn't. There wasn't a ton there. They've got who's the? What's the Uber driver? Randy Dobnik, I think was his name. Oh my gosh, he got shelled. Boston, New York, bro, shelled. It wasn't even funny. It was bad. It was rough. But a great story. Good guy. Yeah. Um, you know speaking what? of pitchers, did you see that uh, Luke Farrell? Do you know who that is? No. So Red Sox used to have a manager, John Farrell, who now he worked for the Indians as a scout after he got he left there in 16. And now he's working for the Reds. His son, like a year or two ago, got hit by a line drive in the jaw and it like, completely shattered his face up. Had to like get Jeez. it reconstructed. He just yeah. took the mound again. So he's been... Good little story of triumph. He's actually he's with the Rangers now. Really trying to come back. I thought that was kind of a cool story. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty dope. So, uh, on the speaking note of, of the Twins, what about Rich Hill? I mean, there's another pitching gone. Right. Well, that's what he's I was injured. saying is that they, you know the Twins didn't really do anything to assure or or fix their pitching rotation. You know they missed out on Wheeler. They missed out on Bumgarner. They missed out on all those guys. So Rich Hill was the next best thing. And as someone that you know watches the NL West all the time, that dude's hurt more times than I can count. Dude's got blister issues out the freaking wazoo, dude. Every other game, you're like, oh, he's got a blister on his hand. He's done. So we'll see what happens. But again, this is what spring training is about, right? It's about figuring out if your body can take it, you know, getting your body back in shape and making sure that you're able to do all those things. You know, Stan hurt his calf just doing like a routine outfield drill and he just turns directions and he tweaked his calf, right? So the Yankees freak out. They're like, look, he played in 13 games last year. Like, we got to make sure this dude's healthy. We got to make sure this dude is, 
you know, ready to go. So they shut them down. But like, that's kind of what spring training is about. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it crazy to think that there are guys who in the minors who are such low of a health risk, but you have guys like Severino who are always injured, but they're just so talented. The team just like keeps them on a dream. Right. That's, kinda, that's, that's, that's a little bit how I feel about Mike Clevenger. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, tell me your thoughts. Yeah. Okay, so I love Clevenger as a person. I'm pretty sure he's real. He's a little feisty kind of guy, but he's and he has a real herky jerky motion. But I had him on my fantasy team, so I watched him a lot. Um, dude pumps easy cheese. He's got a wicked breaking ball. Like, love to watch him pitch, but he just is just keeps hurting himself. And so he has all this talent, all this stuff, like all this just raw ability that he just can't stay on the field. You know, like he has, he got his had surgery on Friday, I think to repair a partially torn meniscus. So like, that's one of those things that, I mean, you're lucky it's not your arm, but so much of pitching that your force is generated from your lower body, from your lower half. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like that's going to be an effect for forever. So I I just don't, I, it feels like for him, I don't know if he can keep doing it, you know, like, I don't know if you can keep, just keep figuring it out. Uh, uh, I don't know. And Sevy's kind of the same way, right? You're like, oh, hurt all last season. Comes back, pitches a little bit. Like, oh, guess what? It needs Tommy John. It's just rough. Yeah. So I've been feeling really good about the Reds this year, but I'm seeing that you've got Suarez on here. Yeah, no, he. I didn't actually know he was hurt. I just looked. It was on the. Uh, that he was on the injury report. It said questionable to start the season. So I think it was a back thing. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And he was like, weird. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. I just, he was, he was good last year. You know what I'm saying? Like he was probably top three third baseman in the NL. Probably. Probably yeah, was, around there. And you if, the, if he can be healthy, I, I honestly think the Reds could lead the, the NL central if they wanted to this year. It's, it's a tight, it's a tight division, but that's Reds, Cubs, Brewers cards. And pirates, and pirates, pirates won't be much competition this year. I don't think they didn't do anything in the off season. Josh Bell is about the best thing they've got going right now. Yo, did you see that dude get absolutely dismantled by Nate Pearson from the Blue Jays? Though it's rough, dismantled, dude. He threw freaking. It wasn't even that high and inside, but like he just pumped it in there. I think he was probably like ninety nine, and Josh Bell looked like. Had no idea what just happened. Like just kind of flung the bat through the strike zone. You want to talk about nasty pitches today? Sure. Nathan Eovaldi, nasty Nate. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I sent that to you. But in Mm -hmm. reference to the Blue Jays guy, like I watched Eovaldi's and it's nasty. I'm not gonna lie to you. But like, did you see that? Oh man. Okay. Speaking about the Reds, though, did you watch their game today? So for record, this is Sunday. We're recording, even though it's going to be out Tuesday. So they had the weirdest play today where I don't even remember who was batting. They were playing the Brewers. Um, whoever was second on their lineup, whoever was hitting after Brock Holt. And Brock Holt's on the Reds now? No, no, no. The Brewers. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Brewers are playing Reds, right? Okay. Yeah. And the ball hits in and like Votto, like, I don't know kind of juggled it for a second because it like it just lined over to first on just a little blooper. And then 
something. He like turned around in a weird way and held off and didn't run to the bag himself and then tossed too late to the pitcher. And the guy made it to safe first. And it should have been like a routine out. Just super easy. Grab the ball, run and tag him out in first. And it would have been end of the game. And it was the weirdest looking thing I have seen in a while. Because mm. Votto's, Votto's pretty confident over at first base. You know, he's he could be playing on another side of the field. He's got the talent to. But you they haven't put first. him at third. Hmm? I don't think he's ever played third before. Did he, did he do that? No, but he's talented. I mean, he's he's a yeah. good player, right? Yeah, no, I got but it. it was just weird. It was really weird. Okay, um, fringe position players, people who are fighting for a spot right now. Yeah, this one's less about fringe ones. Um, I we wanted to highlight some just some things to look at, some position battles to look at that are going to have. Um, on impact, whether it be on your fantasy team, whether it be on just the teams in general. So we tried to choose teams that had some pretty serious question marks going into this. You know, it's not whether who's going to start in right field, you know, if it's like a triple A guy or just like a regular guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like that. It's more like, like, for example, like the nationals, right? Third base is a huge hole for them right now, just based on the fact that Anthony, it's a, it's a Anthony Rendon sized hole over on the hot corner right now for them. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple guys to look at, right? They have Carter Kiboom and as Cabrera. Did you get to watch any of, uh, I think it's Kai boom, actually Kai booms, um, games last year. No, I didn't. So he didn't, let me be honest. It wasn't amazing in the majors, but dude's freaking wrecking wrecking triple a right now right i think he had a 303 409 493 so that's almost like a uh, what is that almost a 750 ops dude's raking so do you trust the guy that's tearing it up triple a but you know had 42 plate appearances last year who wasn't super good only hit 128 do you trust him or do you trust as cabrera who is like super consistent but you already know his ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, who do you, who do you choose for yourself? What do you think? Trust the AAA dude? Yeah, right. You would? You would do the AAA dude? Uh, it, what do you think? For me personally, um, I think... I think you probably go... So as Dribble Cabrera can play pretty much anywhere in the infield, which is real nice to have. So I would surprise me if they slate him as like, all right, you're going to be our everyday third baseman. So I bet the Nationals go with Kai Boom, Carter Kai Boom, mm-hmm. um, and just hope that that you know 42-game sample size was just not big enough to get a true valuation of his talent at the major league level. That's my bet. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> It'll be interesting to see what they have to do because there's a lot of different places where it, it's got to be interesting. So I was thinking about this today too, looking at these people who are playing in these groups and these teams. And like there is a huge difference between what some of like the left-handed relievers and some of the higher positions are getting paid. And then these like minor leaguers who come in, right? And some guys will just never make what other people make nor produce the stats other people produce. It's just not going to happen for some guys, you know? Okay. Do you have it's got to be interesting to sit in that about? clubhouse and be around that kind of group, you know? 
and just kind of be in that in that zone, you know, and not have that get in your head a little bit here and there. Do you have someone you've got to wonder? Go ahead. You're thinking about it's just a random collection of people. It's kind of like um, who's who's this guy that Boston has that they're paying huge money to pay AAA for years? Rusny Castillo. I don't know. I know that. I know the highest paid minor leaguer right now is Yasmani Tomas. If that helps. <laughs> yeah, dude, they offer the freaking, he got offered like a $120 million contract or something like that for like five years. Hasn't, yeah. He hasn't played on the MLB roster like once. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Like um, the other one that these guys have is, uh, oh, Let's not have this prospect. Let me grab his name because I'm just slipping all of a sudden because we were thinking in a different direction. Sure. Because um, I was just thinking Rusny Castillo, but I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, Bobby Dal- Dalbeck, right? Wow. Who's a first and third baseman. And he is really good, but he's never going to contend for a spot on the team right now when you've got Michael Chavis and um, Devers. Raphael Devers who just came up, right? Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen no matter how good you are there. And so, like, this fight to get onto the team, like, they've got three catchers right now, you know? They just brought in LaCroix, who's like, you know, he's going to have to figure out what he's doing because they've already got two catchers who are pretty much in a starting position. It's just interesting to find these guys who got invited to spring training to try and prove themselves, right? Like a non-roster invite and see what comes of them. And you start to see these people disappear from the roster into the mid of in the end of spring training, like... Even Joe Adele's been playing less into these midweeks, and he's one of the best players on on the top prospects list. Huh. I actually didn't know that. Um, no, I feel you. I feel like there's – spring training is also one of those times that managers use, I think, to just kind of test clubhouse identity, maybe chemistry. You know, you get guys in there, right? Like you get guys that they bring in that – I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but Felix Hernandez is playing with the Braves. Oh, like, yeah. Everyone last year was pretty sure Felix Hernandez was just kind of done. Well, didn't they like just, retire his number or something like that? Not retire his Seattle? number, but. I can't remember, but they, but they made a big done. deal like, of it. That was his thing. So for him to come back, he's on a minor league deal. It's like Edwin Jackson, right? Like these guys have been playing for so long that do they really think that they can get a roster? Do they really just want to play baseball? You know, are the managers like, is, uh, I think it's Stinker. Schnitker, something is of the Braves manager. Is he just bringing him in there just to kind of, you know, be that presence for the rotation people, the, you know, the, the pitchers that are, that they are going to be on the squad. Like, I don't know who knows, but I think that when it comes to position battles, it's easy for us to like, look at these guys, right. And look at, you know, the five games, six games that these teams have played. And you look at it, you're like, wow, dude, uh, freaking, uh, I think it's Daryl Daniel Carlson has a freaking fourteen hundred OPS, and you're like, dude, this dude's amazing. You're like, all right, well, hold on, pump the brakes a little bit right now, right? Like it's five games, and he's playing against AAA guys a lot of the time. So you know, where is your actual valuation at? So it takes a little bit of like sifting through stats to look at, stats to not. Like it's kind of just. It's not all just about like, all right, cool. This guy's going to be freaking great. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Marquez is not going to hit 514 in throughout the whole season. It's not going to happen, right? So I think that's what his current batting average is right now. You just 
eh. so you have to kind of sift through it. And if you don't know spring training, if you don't know baseball one off, you might not see those stats. You might see average, like, all right, cool. He's hitting for average. But for people that like are watching the games, it doesn't mean as much. So is there any stat that you like specifically to like evaluate players in spring training by? Nope. I wouldn't use it. Like there's not a single stat I really go by because yeah, well think about it. Half the time they're pitching again or they're hitting against double A or triple A pitchers. And then if they're batting, you know, if they're pitching, they're they're pitching against double and triple A batters half the time. So the stats just get thrown all over the place. Like it's just a consequence of who did the team play that day and who did you play and what league are you in and you know what's going on? Like who did you have on the field, you know? Cuz pitcher stats are largely affected by some of the fielding measures, right? No, so maybe yeah, for sure. Maybe fielding independent pitching, you know, or pitching independent fielding if you're going to look at the pitchers maybe, but then you'd want to like create a split between you know major league and and minor league players mm. it's hard to see that because like right now the top three um the top three by batting average are like vossler mckinsley and uh gimbrone so like, like who are those exactly <laughs> that's what i'm saying nobody knows who the hell these guys are like let me go by ops um same Vossler, McKinstry, and Cuthbert, and then Will Myers. Like the first, the only name I know on this list until eighth that Nolan Arenado, and then again for not a long time is Will Myers, who plays for San Diego. But like, it, you know what I mean? Like you're finding guys like the next name I know after Arenado is I have to zoom all the way down to like 31. You get Bobachet, and then like nobody on the front 41. Am I like, oh that guy? Maybe maybe Tapia, you know, in Colorado. Yeah. Except but for it's like, not that dude. Oh, I freaking hate Rymel Tapia. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, think about this. You know, I'm I'm thinking about Will Myers too. How how much playing time did he get in the bigs last year? I think it was quite a bit. I think they he played a lot of. So they, I believe, they traded Hunter Renfro. I believe to Tampa Bay. I think he's going to get more playing time, dudes. Dude's a good pro. Dude's a good hitter. I think he kind of split time between the infield outfield. Something cool about him that I've always appreciated. Uh, he doesn't do batting gloves. Yeah. So he just he he bare hands in. Dude's got some pop. Um, I think he's not super. Everyone I don't think he's a, still a prospect though, but he's been in the bigs for a while. Yeah, like I, since twenty thirteen. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on. It, well, it kind of goes back to what we want to talk about later, but it really talks about years of control and how much service time he's had up at the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like 88 games in 13, 87 and 14, 16 and 15, and then no less than 100 except for 18, right? Like he's been there for a while. There's a lot of talk. Apparently the Red Sox are pushing hard for him. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's likely – it's it's inside sources are saying a deal's going through. You have like, inside it's gonna sources? Happen. I got I got a few people. Damn, who am I even on this podcast with? Uh, but yeah, so I'm not sure. Like when it comes down to Will Myers and all that kind of stuff, I do think that there is a couple stats that you can um, focus in on. Um, obviously, velocity is one. You know what I'm saying? Like 
we talk about like these guys, right? I mean, have you ever seen those memes where they, they have the guy like the, the big old fat guy with chips and eat drinking soda and it's like, oh, that person can't do this. What a loser. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, he can't do that. Like he's terrible. And like, all right. Yeah. Like that's us. Like the name of our show is the designated sitter because we don't play professional ball. Like we love both love baseball. We both enjoy watching it. None of us have really ever played it for any, like at a, any high level of uh, competition. But the nerds like us are like hacking the game right now. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that like these guys, right? You know, these guys that are going to go throw mid to upper nineties for, you know, 90 to a hundred pitches a game. Like they got to work into that. They have to get their arm back in shape. It's, it's just like running, right? It's just like any other physical activity. If you're going to go out there and you're going to perform, you need to get warmed up. So I think for like pitchers and that kind of stuff, obviously velocity, I think is huge. Like just kind of see where they're at, where they're sitting on the radar gun. Um, and then the other thing is just like uh, you can see hitters, their ability to identify the strike zone, I think is huge. So like you kind of got to learn where it is again, right? Because it's not a physical thing. It's not a ring that pitchers have to throw through. It's kind of just like this box, right? So how well they see the strike zone, you know, how if I'm making good contact, right? Not less bloop singles or whatever. It's more like, are you hitting the ball well? It doesn't matter if it, if, you know, you line out to somebody, if you hit the ball hard, like I'm cool with it. I, I feel like you're progressing. And while those things aren't like predictors, I think they can definitely be foreshadowing to like a good season. You know what I'm saying? Here, here's what I would look at too. What does their stance look like? Do they feel confident in the box? Are they swinging at early pitches? Are they yeah, willing Tebow. to? <laughs> are they willing to take a strikeout? You want to know something? So I've been, I was writing up like, quote unquote, scouting reports. Like I'm not a scout necessarily, not in not in the traditional sense. And um, you know, I, I don't see these people firsthand a lot of the time. I have to watch a lot of video and then rely on what a lot of other people are saying. But I was looking at a few players. And one of them was Josh Bell, who I, I was looking at him after I'd looked at uh, Cattell Marte because I was putting together something for us that'll come up on Instagram in a bit and I might have to um, write a full thing on it because it's a lot. Of, I don't have enough room for it on an Instagram page. But anyways, I, I was talking about, so I was comparing him, I kind of compared him back to Cattell Marte because their their batting averages are so different. Like Cattell was sitting at what, 360 last year, 330? It was uh, high. It was, it was high. a good I think batting average. It was average. more like 321, I think. But they had about the same home runs, whereas Josh Bell was only hitting 270. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? And and for me, what I'm looking for in Josh Bell is Josh Bell increased by about 10 strikeouts, 2018 to 2019. He did great in 2017. 2018, he had a flop season. He was slap happy. And then 2019, he was great. And he kept crushing the ball with home runs. He actually increased his strikeouts and lowered it, but his batting average increased by, you know, so much because um, he was able to take strikeouts to some degree or his OPS increased by quite a bit too. And his home runs just jumped. I honestly don't think that if I were looking at Josh uh, Bell this year, I wouldn't want to see his batting average really climb above 270. I would want him to be willing to sit back, take the strikeouts, Stay in a big open position. Do you notice his foot, his front foot used to be a little more towards the plate and a little more back towards the catcher. Mm-hmm. And now it's a lot more forward and back to the top left corner of the box. You know, he's, he's got that foot out towards third base and his frame is so much more open. The amount of torque that guy gets on that turn, he is 
obliterating the ball when he hits it. He had the deepest home runs of the year last year, yeah. right? By average distance. I would I would be okay if he if he ran 250 to 270. I'm not trying to saying he needs to go down to the Mendoza line, but like if he rode a low a low batting average but was waiting for the right pitch and then crushing it, his OPS would be huge. No, I'm, no, I'm I, looking at I'm looking at their actions, their intentions, not the results in spring training because it's very different. Because there's so many different types of players you're playing, and you're not playing major league caliber players all the time, so you just can't measure it with the numbers. Here's a great example. What do you think Chris Davis's OPS is right now? Dude, I don't even want to guess. All, you know, the last thing I heard about Chris Davis, last thing I heard about Chris Davis is that he was willing to walk away from $69 million because he had such a rough season last year. So, so those who don't know Chris Davis, he plays for Baltimore Orioles. He had the, you know, this is Chris Davis with a C, not with a Chris C. With a K. He had the longest no hit streak of all time. We're talking, was it 56 at bats or 56 games? I think it was games, wasn't it? I don't know. It was long. But can I just do a little little pat myself on the back right here? Yeah. So there's a game you can play during the season. It's called Beat the Streak, um, where you have to pick players to get a hit that day. If they do, then you... Right. If you can beat 57 streaks, you win like millions of dollars from MGM? Uh, 5.7. That's the thing. So if you yeah. if you can get a streak, because that's Joe uh, DiMaggio. No. Is that DiMaggio? How am I blanking on this right now? Goodness gracious, I'm pretty sure it is. But the if you can hit the the hit streak, essentially, yeah, um, 56 games. Joe Joe DiMaggio, yeah, okay, guy. Cool. I was like for a second there, I was like, wait, am I wrong? You know, Joe DiMaggio. No, 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 it's not so, Ted Williams. On the day that Chris Davis broke his streak, I picked him for beat the streak. <laughs> Right, I it was so bad. Got remember it right. When he, remember when he like practically against, got in a, It was against Boston, right? Yeah, that sucks. Remember when he practically got into a boxing match with his manager over it? Yes, dude. Yo, like everyone's saying, wise, "Oh, dude. he kept his calm." Nah, dude, he lost it. One of the, you know, at some point. Well, anyways, okay, dialing all the way back. Now that we've kind of established who he is. He's just under three thousand OPS. Oh yeah, dude. Dude's like he's down. he's hitting two eight eighteen with a batting average of seven fourteen. So for those of you who batting average is a little complicated to some degree. In a regular season, nobody has hit over four hundred since um I just said his name. Ted Williams. Williams? Yeah, nobody's done it. And Ted Williams played back Williams in the works. back in like the forties through the through the fifties. He played no, it was during the Korean War. Is it Korean that he left for? I thought it was he the World both. War, but that was he DiMaggio, wasn't it? Or, no, he did both, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, so so this this batting average isn't going to last, and he's only had like, what, seven at-bats? But what I'm saying by that is Jeez. Chris Davis is not a good player. He's not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not whoa, a good batter. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was this was Crush Davis. This was the guy. The reason he got paid is because he 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 was like runner up AL MVP. He has he got right, he's smart. getting paid you for his history, but not his present. Me, you can't tell me that he's not a good player. You don't go zero and fifty six, bro. I don't care bro. if you were Crush Davis. I don't care if you were David Ortiz. You go 0 and 56, you're losing your title a bit there. Okay, Stephen A. Smith, I understand what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell Who's you. Who's the color commentator now, Stephen? 
<laughs> Look, bro, this is what I'm trying to tell you is that you can have the yips. You can go through a rough season. You can go through a really bad season. But what oh, I'm saying can't tell me that he's not a good baseball player. He's I mean, okay, okay. He's not he's not a top of the list guy. Obviously, 0-56. But like when I say good though, like we're talking of MLB players, he's really not that high up on the rank. No, I okay. First of all, I understand what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is that the way you came off was like this dude's freaking jump change. He shouldn't even be here. And I'm like, bro, like he's been. You've got to admit. You've got to admit the reason he didn't get sent down last year is because they're paying him so much. And they I don't mean, really have much in the farm. He earned that money. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm a Chris Davis supporter now, and I didn't even know I was until we started talking about it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just looking at this list to see if there's any other names that, like, surprise me. Yeah, it's just... It is interesting. <laughs> I mean, all in all, spring training stats, they're super small sample size. They're, you know, not up to up to date or up to par with like the talent level that's going to be the MOBs and the MOB people are like, you know, there's guys that are like, you know, I'm going to throw seven changeups in a row because I'm going to try to work on my changeup. Like that happens and I understand that. But there are some things you can look at and be like, all right, cool. Like that's where he's at. I, I see how, right? It's whether it's Josh Bell's stance. You're like, all right cool i hope he continues to do this right i think the other part about spring training that i personally enjoy is getting to see the prospects that um the prospects that are coming up and you're like you hear about all the time right like all right cool like guess who's up here like ali you know ali rutchman's up here with the orioles cake sweet joe adele's with the angels all right bet like there's just Mm. these guys that you're like you hear about all the time and they are they're here now. You know what I'm saying? You get to see them in a uniform. I, I think that I love that part about spring training for me personally. But but it still is it's still important. Here's here's the final point that can drive home how insignificant spring training is to the actual season to some degree. Like it's very important because it's training, but it doesn't define a team. The fact that Will Farrell was allowed to play legitimately <laughs> in a game on every team out in on on 10 teams in 10 positions. That was amazing, and I don't want to hear anything else. Hang on, he got he got an out. Did he catch right? it? Did he fly ball? He he threw that like Ephus pitch, and then caught the bunt, and uh, and then threw the guy out at first. I don't think it's but... an Ephus if you can't throw harder than that. <laughs> he just lobbed. It was an I, overhand slow I'm pitch. Sure he threw it as hard as he could. you know he's still listed and uh so big news he is officially a free agent in 2021 oh that's good who is he signed with right now because because he got a play he's currently a free agent well he's currently unassigned designated for assignment because he's not under team control if you go to baseball reference will ferrell's got a baseball reference if you play he played he was officially a rostered under position in order to do that what the yeah Will Farrell. Let's see. Will Farrell. You'll pull it up. It'll have a picture of him in an Oakland A's hat. So this is on baseballreference.com. 
and then it has transactions. March 12th, signed Oakland A's. March 12th, traded to Seattle Mariners for comic <laughs> actor to be named later. March 12th, 2015, traded to Los Angeles to Angels. Later. What? Act- yeah, comic. comedic actor to be named later. Claimed off waivers by Cincinnati Reds, Norm McDonald released. Um, granted unconditional release by Cincinnati Reds, signed by Chicago White Sox. And then traded to San Diego Padres for unknown compensation. So at last says that he's there. So let's see. Signed by A's as amateur free agent in 2015. Debut March 12, 2015. Age 47.239. Rookie status still intact. And then 2015 contract status pre-arbitration eligible. He's arbitration eligible in 2018. And a free agent in 2021 with an agent of John Miller. Jimmy Miller. Jimmy Miller. Oh, I skipped over that. Also, Will Farrell, also known as Rojo Johnson. Rojo Johnson. <laughs> Position, pitcher, catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field, and DH. Check this out. Wait, he's, got a, he's got a listed strikeout pitch. as a Chicago Cub um, and as a Chicago White Sox. Oh, and Chicago. then Those are his uh, only pitching stats as a Dodger. Point one innings pitched. With one, what is this? Um, one one BF. Yeah, I don't know what BF is. One BF. Dude, dude, his his height is six three. His weight says two twenty ish. Oh, one batter faced. I don't know why it slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He got an out though. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it wasn't a strikeout, but he, you know, he outs and out. Yeah, we love spring training. It's a great time. Forty nine. Seriously though, I think I don't know, man. I mean, I love spring training. Once you get to like inning number six, you can kind of tune it out. You're like, all right, cool. Like now, nobody on here is going to probably be on the roster. You know what I'm saying? The guys that you know they got their quick at bats, whatever. Like we're going to go. It's harder to listen to it, but. It's one of those things that for me, like spring training is just a time for you to kind of get your, get your palate wet. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of start the, start the buzz again for baseball season. That's just my personal take on it. But what do you think about uh, Ichiro throwing some major sauce at a, at spring training camp? So for those who don't know, Ichiro is retired as of the first game of last season from the Mariners. As a player. As a player, right. As a position player. He's still. I think he took on a front office role with these guys. I'm pretty sure. He no, can throw just, BP. That's my take. I disagree. I actually think what he could do. Different? I think he I could mean, be a I'm great. Sure neither of us could hit it, but I don't know if he has an off speed pitch. Here, here's my thought. I think he could be like this new rules going into effect, where you have to face a minimum of three batters or finish the inning. But let's say you've got two outs and it's the end of an inning. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's in a decent option. Think about think this. He has the fastest outfield throw on record, right? Uh, I might have to fact check you on that one, big buddy. Ichiro, fastest outfield throw. I think you just forget how good his arm was. I I don't I don't have any. Oh, you know what? That sucks. You know who the fastest is? Aaron Hicks. 105.5 105. 105. miles an hour. 
I actually remember that. that was like last two years ago, maybe twenty eighteen. Yeah, when he it was Dan Danny Valencia heading to the plate. Freaking two hundred and forty six feet. That is like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's wild. I think I think Ichiro could could do it. I'm not saying he will. He's a little older, but He's I think he has the discipline. Player. If he wanted Ichiro's to do it, older? he could. Ichiro's old. That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so prospects we think are likely to be called up. Um, number one on the prospects list right now is Wander Franco with Tampa Bay. And I think that's kind of funny because he's only playing A advanced right now, but he's not getting okay. called up. No. No. Number 2021. Prospect, but he's – that dude's a machine. You're telling me. I think Louis Ro- Robert is getting called up. He might. He might. I mean, we'll see, like, it all depends on what the, you know, okay, so I think for all of these guys, whether we're talking about these, you know, these top guys, I feel like they're just, so much of them getting called up is dependent on injuries. That's my personal take, but. So, okay, so we talk about Joe Adele a lot. I want to hear your thoughts on him, because I could talk about Joe Adele all day. So, I mean, in all reality, like for me personally, like the reason you've got to see him, you know what I'm saying? You've got to be in and see him. You know what I'm saying? You've got to ex- get the Joe Adele experience. As far as I understand, you've even talked to him a couple times. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I understand that. Um, I mean, he's currently the number three prospect by baseball. He's dropped America. to number six. No, no, baseball America. Number six in Major League Baseball. Prospectus has him as number right. two. So. Mm-hmm. The training, like, obviously that's fine. I mean, he's, where is he at? 2019, Arizona Fall League, 273. He hasn't ever hit lower than 264, hit 326 at single A. Triple A Salt Lake, he hit 264. I'm actually surprised his opiate, his slugging is not that high. 355? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it looks like he only came up to Salt Lake kind of later, I guess it looks like. Yeah, he didn't hit Salt Lake until June or August. So I just don't have enough on him. I mean, in all like most time he spent is in double A. He's 288, 372, and 518. Yeah, so he's good. And he's he is good. I don't know where he's at defensively. That'd be my next thing. Um I would like to see Adley Rushman called up this year. Uh, dude, he just got drafted last year. It's not happening. It's not happening. I know dude, it's, a, it's a ways out, but he is he's a good player. Yeah. He's a decent switch hitter. Did his dad play for the Sox? His dad played somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Adley Rushman's dad played for the Red Sox. It's possible. Dude's a monster, but there's no way that he's coming up this year. It would, it would blow my mind. I mean, maybe it's the Orioles. They don't know how to run a team, so I have no idea. But I mean, here we are. I think obviously we we've talked a lot about spring training. We've talked a lot about stats, and we've talked a lot about these prospect guys, right? Um, and I think that we get two more weeks, three more weeks. Yeah, twenty-five days. Twenty-five days. Three three weeks and change. I feel like we have we get to have the experience, you know, of watching these young guns come up we get to watch 
you know, Joe Adele take batting practice. We get to watch Wander Franco play shortstop. Like there's all these guys that we get to see. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I look forward to as maybe bad as it sounds, just sending him back. I'll <laughs> be like, all right, let's get some MLB players back on the field. No, opening but, day is great. I, I'm actually already planning to take the weekend off from work and everything and just just be just absorb it. That'd be awesome. Oh, yes. I wish I could yeah, I've got my multi screen monitor set up. I can throw eight games on at one time. Like, I'm just going to be in it. Yeah. Well, I I think that's as good a place as ever. We wanted to talk about best teams for um, as far as like, uh, how do you call it? Best teams as far as farms go, but I think we can hang off on that. Sure. What are we going to talk about next week? Just give it a little bit of taste. I don't know yet. I think we're going to have to see how the week goes. It just snowed out here. Yeah, it sucks. It's been, the weather's been getting better, but... It's like, it's like 80. Bring it strong. You and I like to lay low, sail out on a sailboat, hold me tight.